Hi friends, it's Paula. And if you know me, you know that I have a heart for empowering people to live the life that they were meant for. So I invite you to join me and my friends each week as we dive into really honest conversations about life, struggles, triumphs, and everything in between. I hope that these stories equip you and what you're called to do and who you're called to be. So come on in to the Paula Ferris Faith and Calling Podcast. We talked about boundaries last week with my good friend, Lisa Turkhurst, how boundaries are an act of love. They exist to hold ourselves together, not to push people away. And Lisa did such a great job of breaking down the difference between difficult and destructive relationships. And then when good boundaries actually lead to goodbyes. So many of you have reached out that you have shared that episode with your friends and it has brought immense encouragement. I just wanna say thank you and keep sharing that episode. I'm actually going to be giving away a few copies of her new book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, in my personal newsletter. So make sure that you're signed up at paulaferrisofficial.com every two weeks. I send it out. It's full of facts, favorites, fun giveaways. Again, paulaferrisofficial.com official.com. So this week, I want to talk about you. You might have a speaking engagement coming up. Maybe you're asking your boss for a raise or you're prepping for a really important conversation, whatever that big moment is. We're going to talk about the importance of being mentally prepared for it, rising up in those big moments and what to do with your nerves, anxiety, and panic. We have so many thoughts each and every day. I think the study is there's 70,000 thoughts per day that we have, which is, that's what, 2,900 per hour. And studies would say that 70% of them are negative. So our minds automatically go negative. And most of our thoughts become repetitive too. To be honest, sometimes this podcast can feel like speed dating with my guests because I'm legitimately meeting them for the very first time as we're conversing. It's awkward at first, there's Zoom delays, but today's guest is one of my favorite human beings who happens to be my husband, John Kruger. We call him Coach K because he coached college basketball for years. And now that we're in South Carolina, he's coaching again at the high school and youth level. But John knows a thing or two about the importance of being mentally prepared and how it can change everything for you. It's a discipline. Mm -hmm. You either add it early on, like I did when I was in high school, and I was just fortunate enough to be taught this when I was a teenager. And I've tried to implement for the last 30 years now where you learned it three weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) As as an almost 47-year-old. right? So it's not too late. Mm -hmm. You can always retrain. You can always rewire your mind. And our minds are so powerful. They're so interconnected to everything we do. So it turns out you can teach an old dog new tricks. John's been coaching me for about the last month on how to be mentally prepared. And y'all, I'm not overstating this when I say, I wish I would have known this decades ago because it would have changed everything for me. But I want you to know you're not alone. Those nerves the anxiety that you feel, they're normal in those big moments, and we're going to show you what to do with them. So I'm excited to invite you into this conversation today. Pull up a chair, lace up your shoes, however, wherever, whenever you decide to listen to this episode. But without further ado, here's John, also known as Coach K. You ready? Let's do this. You want to give me a level? One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Perfect. This could be a really dumb idea, by the way. Probably. You know what I'm doing right now? Closing your eyes. Mm-hmm. You know what else I'm doing? Mentally preparing. I'm mentally preparing, and I'm visualizing that this is going to be a productive conversation. That's amazing. Isn't that great? Yeah. 
Okay, so John, I wanted to have you on, and I feel like this conversation has been brewing for a couple of months now. And it started on our anniversary when you decided to take me for a hike, and I did not know what kind of hike it was. I did not know that it was a backbreaking hike, and I thought we were just going to take a nice hike. I was not mentally prepared for legitimately one of the most rigorous hikes in South Carolina. And about halfway through, I was miserable. Yeah, I figured since we've been married for 22 years now, we couldn't just go on a short little hike because we've been on a journey in our marriage. So I thought this hike could represent our marriage right. so far. Ups and, and downs? There were definitely a lot of ups to start. Yeah. And then it was mainly down afterwards. And anger? was that is that part of the marriage too? Well, there was some anger from you. Yes. Um, but yeah, I had done some research and I knew this was a three to four hour hike. They said it could get a little rigorous. It's definitely not for beginners, but you're an athlete, I'm an athlete, and I thought it'd be fun to experience together. Okay, I still can't walk and it's been over a month. Well, there was an issue coming into the hike. Which was my bad knee. You had hurt your knee doing right. CrossFit or something. Okay, so the whole point of that, we go into this hike and it's a hike, right? I was not mentally prepared. I did not know that it was a four-hour hike. I did not know the rigors of it. And so because I wasn't mentally prepared, I did not have a good experience. Conversely, a couple of weeks ago, um, a big moment for, for our family, for me, I was able to give the invocation on national television at a NASCAR race. And... That was a much different experience because I've been working on my mental preparation, which is something that you, as a coach, um, have really been trying to instill in our family. So that's what we're going to talk about today, being mentally prepared for what we're called to do, rising up in those big moments, and then what to do with our nerves when we are nervous, anxious, or fearful when those big moments happen. Ready to coach us? Let's do it. I want to give people a little bit of background about you. Yes, okay. you're my husband, but... You played college basketball. You were a college basketball All-American. I'm going to brag on you a little bit. Thank you, baby. Um, he was the third leading scorer in Indiana high school history uh, when he graduated 1,000 years ago, 1995, right? It was a few years ago, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I graduated before you in 1993, yeah. so I'm even older. Mm -hmm. um, but you spent so much time in collegiate athletics. You then went on to coach college basketball. Yeah. And... Um, it was probably a month and a half ago, you had a conversation with our daughter who's playing at a high level of volleyball. And you're like, Caroline, I can't stress the importance of mental preparation. And you took her through what you would do before you stepped up to the line to shoot a free throw or before the game, um, what other athletes might do. And it's the same in life. When you have those big moments, how to mentally prepare for them. I was fortunate to have some really good coaches back in high school, and I was learning some things that I believe were a little bit ahead of their time. And one of them was that mental preparation and the visualization of not what you are going to do, but who you're going to be out there on the court or on the field or whatever activity you're getting ready to prepare for. And it is about preparing your mind and actually visualizing what you're trying to accomplish and getting very specific, very detailed on what you're getting ready to do. So you're going to go out and shoot a basketball or you're going to shoot a free throw. Before you shoot that free throw, stand behind. And you see a lot of professional athletes do this in sports now right. where they will actually close their eyes and they'll feel 
the act of what they're getting ready to do, whether it's shooting a free throw. So they'll feel the ball bouncing off the ground, the vibrations. They'll feel the way it is in their hand. They'll see the ball in the air with that perfect rotation and backspin. They'll hear the actual swish of it going through the net. And this is all before they've even shot the ball. Stop. Really? Yeah. Okay. So you're engaging all of your senses in what's going to happen yeah. and visualizing something positive instead of something negative. I always go negative, yeah, right? It, I'm like, what's the worst thing? And then I visualize myself screwing up and that's probably why I do. Yeah, there's a, there's a, the father of American psychology by the name of William James. And we studied him in high school and he had a very basic theory is, as you think, so shall you be. Mm. And if you wanna do something positive, if you want to accomplish something great, think about that, mentally prepare yourself. On the inverse, mm. if you want to do something negative or you don't want to accomplish something, think about that. Mm -hmm. Because whatever you think about is going to really affect your feelings. And then those feelings are actually going to affect how you perform in the actions that you have. We hear that buzzword all the time, mindset. But take me through this. For anyone that's listening, if you have a big speaking engagement coming up or you just have a big moment that, that you want to step into for your calling, it's the importance of being mentally prepared for that big moment, right? So when you would step up to the free throw line, explain what was happening to me. And again, John played college basketball at a high level. He was an All-American. So you would step up to the line to shoot your free throw. Before you even shot the free throw, what would you do? Well, I would go through what's about to happen, and I'd have the exact same routine. If I was envisioning taking the ball and bouncing it once, when I actually did it, I would bounce that ball once. I wouldn't bounce it twice. The way the ball came on my hands, I would feel it. The way it came off my fingertips, I would feel it. The way it sounded in the air, the way the crowd was cheering, the people around me. I wanted to prepare myself for that moment and make it as realistic. And this is a discipline that we don't have naturally. Our minds, I mean, we have so many thoughts each and every day. I think the study is there's 70,000 thoughts per day that which we have. Which is insane. Which is, that's what, 2,900 per hour? And studies would say that 70% of them are negative. So our minds automatically go negative. And most of our thoughts become repetitive too. So if we're thinking about negative things, we're going to think about those over and over. But on the inverse, if we can train our mind to think about positive things, think about what we're getting ready to do, whether it's an invocation at a NASCAR race, whether you're getting ready to hit a golf ball, go give a big speech, or go in for a job interview. You're preparing yourself mm. mentally to go in and have these conversations or to accomplish these physical acts because the connection between our mind and our body is very strong, stronger than we know. And we can train ourselves to be more prepared mentally for these types of activities. Okay, Coach Kruger. And again, you coach college basketball for six years and you're coaching again here, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. John's coaching high school basketball at one of the local high schools and he's also coaching at the youth level at a sports academy. But coach, take us through, like when you're watching, the same thing's happening on the golf course with professional athletes. So when they're stepping back to make their shot, and again, I don't watch a ton of golf because it puts me to sleep, but <laughs> when they're stepping back before they even take their shot, they're closing their eyes. Is this yeah. what they're doing? And they're going through every single sensory yeah. too. Like they're going through all the senses, how it sounds, what it smells like, what it feels like, what it tastes like. It's a, it's a pre-shot routine, and you think about most amateur golfers, when they get up to hit a golf ball, and I'm, hopefully I'm talking to many golfers out here, you may not understand this analogy, but you may see water on the right, 
and what do you start thinking about immediately? Oh, don't hit it in the water. Don't hit it to the water. Don't slice it into the right, into the water. But great golfers don't even see the water. They get so focused on their target, which is the middle of the fairway. So they stand behind the ball, either close their eyes or get so dialed in that they can see the shape of the ball, the sound it makes when it hits the club, if it's going right to left, if it's going high, if it's going low. They can feel the impact of the ball and then the ground. They can hear it going through the air. They can hear the crowd. They, they get themselves prepared to do something that they're setting out to do. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot and it just connects with their body. And more times than not, they actually do go out and perform what they visualized in their mind. It's so fascinating that you're introducing all of the senses. The more detailed you can be, the better, because that means you're ingraining yourself even more into the actual moment. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to slow your heart rate down. You're trying to slow your mind. You're trying to slow all the negativity that would come up when you're getting ready to perform. Mm -hmm. If somebody is listening right now, maybe they're going for a big, big job interview or they're ready to give um, a pretty significant talk. It might be in front of 20 people, but regardless, that big moment is coming coach us through it. Yeah, I think it's important to either role play with someone else, role play uh, in the mirror, or just close your eyes and whether you want to call it meditate, whether you want to call it visualize, and just think about what it will feel like to walk into that room mm -hmm. with 100 people that you're getting ready to present to, or you're walking into a lunch and you're going to sit down with somebody that you really want to network with. You think about the questions, you feel kind of what that conversation is going to look like. You know, tough questions may be coming your direction. How are you going to handle those? So you're mentally preparing yourself so that when you get into that moment, nothing is surprising you because you've already played it out. You've been there already. Yeah. There's an interesting story that I heard. There was a a POW who was captured in, in the 70s in Vietnam, and he was there for three years. And he came back, he was released after three years in a POW camp. And they said the thing that got him through each and every day was playing his home golf course in his mind. And so he would actually play every shot. He would feel what it like to tee off on the first hole. He'd make a par, a birdie, and he would typically shoot around 90 every time. The story is when he came back after three years of mentally playing that golf course over, he said he played it thousands of times in his head. He came out and shot a 78. Stop it, which Hadn't is good, it, yeah. which is very good. He, he brought his score down 12 strokes, and he had not swung a golf club in over three years. It was just he had played the golf course so many times in his mind, more than he could even do physically. That blows my mind. He had Here he is. He's, he's just been tormented and tortured yeah. as, a, as a prisoner of war, hasn't touched a club. Yep. It goes to show the power of mental preparation. And whether you're an athlete or whatever you do, your physicality can only take you so far. It's your mind yeah. that's the great differential that can take you to the next level. He could have focused on all the negativity around him right. being a prisoner of war, but he said this was the only thing that really got him through. He wasn't ever thinking that he was going to go back and be a better golfer someday. No. This was just for survival. This was to keep his mind occupied, to focus on positivity, and he wanted to prepare and control what he was thinking about and not just allow all the negativity that naturally will just pop into our brains. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I decided to implement some of your advice. I've never really done this. Never implemented my advice? That's uh, <laughs> not surprising. Ever the submissive wife I oh, am. Oh, yes. <laughs> Um, 
no, I decided to implement this particular advice about mental preparedness. Mm -hmm. So I had to give the invocation not long ago at a NASCAR race, which, by the way, is shocking that any major sporting event still does an invocation, yeah. but they asked me to do the invocation. I learned about five minutes before I stood on the stage that it was going to be televised. Like, I, okay, I thought one it's one thing to have an invocation. It's another for it to be televised on national television, which it was going to be on NBC. Kind of freaked me out a little bit. Because you've never been on TV before. <laughs> <laughs> I still get nervous, I though. Know, I, I know. still get nervous. So anyway, I decided to write some notes on my hand, yeah. even though I didn't really need them. But I went on stage. I had about five minutes to prepare. And I did exactly what you said. And Caroline was even recording. She's like, Mom, why were you talking to yourself? Why were you smiling? And I was like, I was going through the prayer. I was visualizing everything that was going to happen. I was visualizing a positive experience, what the crowd would sound like, what the words would sound like coming out of my mouth, the smell of the air, the temperature, literally every single thing, just like you coached me to do. And I nailed it. Yeah, you did. I didn't need those notes on my hand after no, all. No, but because you, you had prepared, there is an act of actually writing things down. Right. Is helping you prepare to memorize something, to implement something into your thoughts. Right. Well, so I just want to say that it works. Yeah, it does. Because I could have gone up there and I was freaked out when I first learned that it was going to be televised because I just, I wasn't prepared for it, mm -hmm. right? I wasn't expecting it. Like the hike. Like the hike. But <laughs> again, two totally different experiences. Yeah. Right? Um, and I wish I would have had this advice years ago, John. I did television for years, but I went through a season where I started having really bad anxiety, mm -hmm. borderline panic attacks on the air, and I couldn't breathe. There would be times where I'd be like, I can't go on, and, and my co-anchor or whoever was sitting next to me in the desk would have to take over for me. And it all started when I was pregnant, okay? I, I developed gestational asthma which means you develop asthma when you're pregnant. And for whatever reason, it just would take my breath away. This is actually how I pseudo-announced that I was pregnant with Landon. I was doing GMA that morning. I was what they call news reading. So I was reading the news headlines and I lost my breath. And I was, I think, 17 weeks pregnant. Josh Elliott, who was at GMA at the time, he took over for me and read the rest of the headlines and Robin Roberts was there. I was like, sorry guys, I lost my breath. I'm pregnant. <laughs> so because gestational asthma is a real thing, but that feeling of panic never left me. And it's almost like I started to manifest that yeah. feeling of panic and anxiety and losing my breath. And guess what? It started to happen yeah. over and over and over. And it became so disruptive to my job. I would have to, like, I had a whole routine where I would listen to a particular song, right? Yeah. Just to kind of calm my nerves. Our mind is the greatest battlefield we'll ever fight. And getting back to what I said earlier, the things we think about influence us. They, they turn into our feelings. And then we start feeling a certain way, and then those feelings turn into actions. So it all comes down to what we put in our thought life. What are you thinking about? If you were thinking about, I'm going to go out there and have a great show, I'm going to deliver the news, it's going to be fun, entertaining... But what were you thinking about? I was thinking Don't about lo losing my breath. Don't lose my breath. Don't panic. And you thought about that over because it's repetitive. Mm -hmm. Negative thoughts. It's training your mind. And so you were finding that music or something was distracting you. Right. But distracting you from the negative isn't the best key. You need to focus on the positive. Right. Focus on the outcome, what you want to do, what you're going to do, not just what you want to do.
what blows my mind about it is I'd been doing this for so long. I had been broadcasting at the national level and I had never experienced it. So it doesn't matter at what point in your journey, you can be a total pro and this can hit you. It doesn't matter how experienced you are, you're still prone, right, and susceptible to those negative thoughts. And for me, it literally took me out. It's a discipline. Mm -hmm. You either add it early on, like I did when I was in high school, and I was just fortunate enough to be taught this when I was a teenager. And I've tried to implement for the last 30 years now where you learned it three weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) As as an almost 47-year-old. exactly. Right. So... But it, it's it's not too late. Mm-hmm. You can always retrain. You can always rewire your mind. And our minds are so powerful. They're so interconnected to everything we do. And it's important getting back to how you prepare for things and really controlling what you allow in, what you allow yourself to think about. And it comes down to you, you have to make some sacrifices. You got to be a little bit more disciplined. You got to be intentional about what you want the outcome to be and, and how you want your thought life to mm-hmm. be. So if you've got a big speaking engagement coming up, you're going in to talk to your boss, whatever it may be. I want you to sit down for five, 10 minutes and visualize, go through that entire scenario, all the senses. Um, I've got a big speaking engagement coming up yeah, next what month. What are you wearing? Right. You know, what, what, what are you looking at? What am I Who wearing? I'm wearing a Waffle House sweatshirt. Not what, oh. you're, wearing, what you're going to wear. <laughs> so, I mean, get detailed, as detailed yeah. as possible. Mm-hmm. Maybe you haven't been in that office room, but try to imagine what it would look like. It's a corner office. So you're sitting behind a desk, looking out over the skyline of the city. Try to get yourself as prepared as possible, because the more prepared you're going to be, I promise you, the better the outcome will be. This is the most attention to detail I've ever seen from you, by the way. You've got it in you. I do. (laughs) In certain areas. In certain areas. One thing I've admired about John is we've been together, you said the other day, 24 years. And I'm like, oh, we've been together 26. (laughs) And I think I said, well, two of those I'd like to forget. No, (laughs) (laughs) I think more than two we'd like to forget. We've had our share. And I think you asked which two. (laughs) Yes, exactly. We've had our share of ups and downs. And we've mentioned that before. We were separated for a while. We were ready to throw in the towel. Marriage is really hard work. One thing I've always admired about you, it's borderline annoyed me about you, is that nothing seems to ruffle your feathers. Nothing seems to ruffle your feathers. You're like even Steven. And is that just because how you're wired or do you think it's just the way that you've trained your mind? I think both. I definitely have, you know, just through training myself in athletics and and business and other things is not to get too high and not to get too low. Mm -hmm. Because if you ride the emotional roller coaster, it's uh, just that it's a roller coaster. And I I don't want to live that type of life where it's so up and down, but ultimately preparing myself that Nothing is going to affect me so much where I can't continually move forward. Do you ever get nervous? Oh, of course. If you're not nervous, then it doesn't really mean anything. I try to not call it nervousness. Mm -hmm. I try to call it excitement because I'm excited for what the outcome is going to be. And those butterflies, those nerves, whatever people will focus in on. They think of nerves and butterflies as negative, where right. I, I want to say, hey, this is excitement for what I'm getting ready to do or what we're getting ready to go out and do. And then I want to channel that excitement, that energy sure. into the positive outcome. So you've already flipped the script. I get okay. nervous. Almost all of us experience some sort of nerves. Um, it's totally natural before any any performance. It's part of our body's way of helping us to do our best. There's the stress hormone that comes out. And then You know, if we have to speak in front of public, 30% of us have a fear of public speaking. This might give you a little bit of comfort. I remember one day I was anchoring with George Stephanopoulos and Michael Strahan, 
at GMA and I asked those guys, and this was in a particular panicky season that I was having, right? These panic attacks, thinking very negatively um, of the worst that was going to happen. And I said, do you guys ever get nervous? And they're like, of course, we both. And so it's very reassuring to hear that no matter where you are, if you're at the top of your game, if you're wherever you are on your journey, it is normal to feel nerves, to flip the script on it. I got a little bit of advice from my high school drama teacher at Mr. Barsoon. He was like, just channel it into energy, channel it into excitement, like what you do. And you kind of flip the script on it at the beginning. Okay. It's normal to have these nerves, but I'm going to flip the script and I'm going to channel it into something positive. But I want to give people um, just a couple of concrete things that they can walk through, some takeaways. One of the first things that you can do if you're stepping into this space is like we've been talking about, just imagining what is going to happen. Take yourself through the scenario. uh, Stay positive, right? Um, Make it a positive experience. So walk yourself through. The other thing, John, I don't know if you've heard of this breathing technique. Um, this was an episode I did a year and a half ago with Sadie yeah. Robertson, who talked about she was having panic and anxiety when she would speak in front of public. And she did a ton of research and she found that this particular breathing technique, it's a three, six breathing technique, can physiologically slow your body down. Yeah. And the way you do it is you breathe in for three seconds and then you breathe out for six and you repeat that for a, a minute or two. And it will just slow everything down for you if you start to feel that because that's the worst feeling in the world right that panic that heart it's just pitter-pattering yeah and you feel like you feel like you've lost your breath you feel like somebody's punched you in the gut and you can't breathe anymore try it right now so breathe in for three one two three and then breathe out for six one two three four five six. Repeat that. Breathe in for three seconds and breathe out for six seconds. I have tried this and it helps. It calms your brain down, calms, calms everything your heart down. down, everything. Um, and then uh, again, like you said, just visualizing. Um, I think that's the most powerful thing. When you would step up to that line, just to kind of bring it back full circle, John, you would step up to that free throw line. You imagined it going in. Not imagine, visualize. Yeah, I I believe. What's the difference? I believe imagine you're you're like hoping something's going to happen. When you visualize something, it's already happened. And now it's just about you going out and doing it. So visualizing it going in. But you would also be surprised if you stepped up right, to the line, and you didn't make your shot yeah, I was, in reality. Yeah, I was shocked. I'd made it so many times in my mind and in practice that I it just it was shocking to me because mm-hmm. I've just been thinking about how that ball went through the rim over and over and over. It wasn't like all I did was just visualize, like the, mm-hmm. the POW, but I was adding actually the, the discipline of shooting the basketball over and over and over as well as visualizing it and putting those two things together. That's really good. John, or should I say Coach K., no one interrupted us. It's amazing. Uh, we both lost the over-under there. And yeah, and I, I, you know, we visualized children walking in on us because our kids have the day off today. No one interrupted us, which either speaks volumes to our parenting that they're probably watching something inappropriate on television right now. YouTube. Or <laughs> Yeah, well, I know two of them are still asleep because we got up early, had our coffee, and yes. uh, we're doing this at about 8.30 in the morning. Yeah. We're having morning coffee and conversations, right? Thanks for listening, everybody. Anything you want to add, John? No, I would just say that if you really want to control your actions, 
it all starts with your thoughts mm -hmm. and really just getting control of your thoughts, which turn into your feelings, which turn into your actions. It is something that even if you're struggling with today, you can rewire yourself, but it's going to take mm -hmm. time and it's going to take discipline. So you have feelings too? I do have some of those. Wow. Yeah. I'm learning so much about you. That's why we have these podcasts together. <laughs> Love you. Love you. I can't stop thinking about that POW analogy that John shared with us, how that prisoner of war played his home golf course in his mind every day for three years. And when he went back, he shot better than he ever had. It just goes to show you the power of the mind and the power of being mentally prepared. Just to reiterate what just happened in that conversation, nerves are normal. You're not alone. Almost all of us feel some level of nervousness or anxiety, but just make sure you're channeling them into positive energy. And as John said, visualize. Don't imagine because imagining sounds hopeful, like you're hoping for it to happen. Visualize every single thing that's going to happen. And then if you still feel some sort of panic, which I do, I, I have to calm myself down before I'm speaking or before something big happens. Sometimes even before I record one of these conversations with my guests, I do the three, six breathing technique to breathe in for three seconds and out for six. And I repeat that until I can feel my body calming down. Okay, weigh in on my Instagram page at Paula Ferris. Tell me what you thought about this episode. Next week on the podcast, my guest talks about a trip to the library that changed everything for her and what happened when she decided to go with her gut instinct. I'm talking to Emily Lay, the founder of the very popular brand, Simplified. It's a brand of planners and organizational tools for busy women. You might have seen it in Target and many other retail stores. Excited to bring you that conversation. I'm Paula Ferris. It is an absolute honor and joy to be on this journey with you. And I will see you right here next week. Mm -hmm.